Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, January 25th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 582. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. It's the year of the rabbit, so happy rabbit, but when is it the year of the florkin? That's a great question. We will have to look into that and then get uh, back to everybody yeah, and get let back them to know. Me on that one. Uh, sidebar: Year of the Rabbit is also a fantastic band featuring uh, Ken Andrews from Failure. Go and check it out. Oh. Aaron Aaron Amos is also here. I, I don't know where to pick up from that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start changing the order of these introductions. Uh, John Burkle, raise your hand, sir. I'm back. Yay! I am back. Just so Steve can make some false disclaimers on the future episode. <laughs> what are you talking about? You sold me out two episodes ago. You made a disclaimer <laughs> that says I said Michael Keaton was not going to be in the Flash, and it was not I it was, it was who I. said that. It was I. So you sold me out to the Talking Comics family. I, <laughs> I recorded a disclaimer about that. And then I re I uploaded the wrong one, and then I re-recorded it and re-uploaded the, the good one. So I think that I have made amends, sir. I did not know you did that because I only listened to the first one. I was like, son of a bitch, Steve. Well, that's true. I love I you. Did. I did. I totally went back and I recorded a new one because I uploaded the wrong one. Anyway, uh, Chris Carey is also here. I can love Venom better than you can. That's right. Miley Cyrus has a new song coming out, but I had to throw cool. Venom in there. So, no Venom. Steve, ask me what I'm doing on February 3rd. Uh, Chris, what are you doing on February 3rd? I'm so glad you asked. I am getting the Venom tattoo on February no. 3rd. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Can I? Okay. I'm traveling to New York, and Ben Khan's partner is doing my tattoo on February 3rd. So, so this is your first tattoo, yes? It is. It is. Okay. What can you please bring me through the journey, (laughs) the the process process of going from seeing Venom, There Will Be Carnage, or whatever it's called, to getting, having the idea for the tattoo, and then actually getting an artist to render it and put it on your body for all time here's the thing about me is i am a loki variant we've discussed this a lot on thought 
every once in a while, an idea pops into my head fully formed while I'm talking, which is what happened on the show the last time I was on. <laughs> and then while we were on the show, I messaged Vencon's partner and was like, I had a crazy idea. Can you do it? <laughs> and it went. So if you want to know how that journey went, it happened while we were recording. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you going to do a video <laughs> journal of this for us, Chris? Because sure. I think we need to see this. Yeah. I would be happy to. Here's the thing. I've wanted to get a tattoo for a long time. And I've debated what I wanted to do for a long time. And this was the first idea that I was like, yes, this. And the thing about me is I'll debate. But as soon as I decide, I jump in with both feet and don't ever look back. So. Man. Well, thankfully, it's not Morbius. I mean, let's, oh, let's go from next. that. What's next? <laughs> how, no, how big and where is this going? It's it's going to be on my arm. It'll be like uh, on the top, upper part of my arm. like You're going to have a elbow. sleeve of all the Sony <laughs> spider villains. <laughs> Madam no. Web. Craven the Hunter. Craven, Craven back piece. This is, this is the chameleon. He changes as I go into the sunlight. Uh, straight up, I have my next three planned at this point. So I'm wow. getting Venom, I'm getting Batman, and a Taylor Swift. That's the plan at the moment. What about Chris, Taylor Chris, Swift as Batman? Yeah, there you go. Chris is going to be like, hey. It'll be Batman, hey. and it'll just say vigilante shit under it. Yes. Actually, black well, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I might do that. Oh, my God. Aaron, Everyone, do you have any tattoos? Hell no. I put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. Of course, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. What were you saying? I don't remember. I just got violently insulted. <laughs> John, John, you have tattoos, yes? Yeah, I have a few. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. Do you still love your first tattoo? No. My first tattoo, I went to visit my brother in college. I just turned 18. I was a pretty good swimmer, so I decided to get a shark on my back. Oof. It looks like Jabberjaw now. Um, <laughs> I got so drunk while I was there that I threw up like everywhere. Wow. I came home with my clothes in a garbage bag, and my mother was so pissed. Oh my God. And then I couldn't reach it, so I had to have salve. You know, you have to put the lotion on it. Yeah. She smacked <gasps> it so hard, and she. My brother did not come. This was like September. My brother didn't come home till like Christmas. Like he oh was God. afraid to come home. Oh my God! Okay, that's so funny. We already no. have our episode <laughs> title. The John with the Jabber Jaw <laughs> tattoo. That's amazing. Yeah. No question. Like, legitimately, yeah. my day is going to be so perfect. I'm going to meet up with Ben Khan. We're going to go get a Venom tattoo. And then we're going to go back to his apartment, uh, to their apartment, and we are going to watch Morbius and get drunk. And then February it. 4th, Chris gets her Morbius tattoo. <laughs> That's right. February 4th is going to be Morbius. Oh. It's just going to be one of Matt Smith's dance Dancing. in the yes, middle of yes, that movie. But yes. if you flex, he kind of moves a little oh bit and God, shimmies. Yeah. I would yeah. do that. <laughs> like those sailors who had the hula girls on their upper arms, right? And they could flex and the hula right. girl would move. Like if, I, if, Matt I, Smith. if I tense up, you could see his shoulders move back and forth. <laughs> Oh, God. I have never been anything but able to commit to a bit. So I promise you, I will be obsessed with this tattoo for a long time. <laughs> I love this. This is this is the best. Thank you. All right. Um, I hope you have a great time. And definitely, if you can document the process, yeah, please do. Yeah, why not? I'll do it. Fantastic. I love it. I'll get, I'll get Ben to record it. 
Uh, you know what else I love? I love comic books. Woo-hoo! Comic books are good. They're why we're here. Is this a uh, comic book podcast? Yeah. No. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have lightning rounds, of course. We have a little bit of news. Uh, there's a couple of book announcements. There's some GLAAD Award nominations that happen that are very cool. Uh, but that's really it. Uh, Bob, you had asked me about my birthday. Yes. What happened on your birthday? What good, cool stuff you do? You always do great stuff. Well, this year, this year was very, very low key in that the actual day, my birthday fell on a Thursday this year, Thursday birthdays. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Make it a long um, weekend. That's what I say. So my, my coworker did take my new shift, but I had to watch the site anyway, because I'm in charge when my boss is at Sundance. So I was like half working. So the whole, I spent most of my birthday in my office on the actual day, but Bronwyn and I got to spend the evening together, which was nice. lovely. And then on Saturday, we go over to our friends, Brad and Colleen's to go over to their place. And Brad is, has, I'm going to cook Philly cheesesteaks for dinner. And I'm like, yes, that's Good amazing. Plan. We get there and the front door is open. It's the middle of winter. Front door shouldn't be open. What's uh oh? It's Canada. Of course, the door front door is open. So we walk in, and apparently they went out of their way to get this like really nice cut of meat for these Philly cheesesteaks. And the moment they opened the bag, they could smell the meat rot. Oh! And it just like attacked the house and yes. got all over the kitchen. In, you know, uh, in the garage, everywhere. So they bagged it up and they put it outside. So now what do we do? We're pulling up into the driveway. They just opened this thing like three minutes ago and got it the F out of there. Um, Now we have to find replacement meat. So we throw and Brad is a phenomenal cook, a phenomenal cook, baker, all of it. Their kitchen is incredible. He's got all kinds of toys to, to help him cook things. He's making his own buns, right? He puts the buns in the oven. They're mm-hmm. not rising. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. It's flatbread. They're not buns. So not only are the buns dying, but the meat is rotting. And I'm just, he's so frustrated because he planned this whole meal. And I'm like, it's all good, man. Like, we could just order something. Like, we'll let's just Uber Castle. eats. We'll get a pizza. Whatever. Yeah. Like, we're all together. It's fine. Um, that would not do. So... Colleen left to go get new meat. And then when she came back and the buns didn't rise, he left to go and get new buns, came back with buns that he wasn't happy with. They were the the meal was killer anyway. It ended up being really good. Um, He like I said, he always goes out of his way to make things really tasty. So I enjoyed myself. I think that was supposed to be the point. Uh, Bronwyn got me this amazing, amazing cake. We shared pictures of it with everybody. It's black and purple and huge. And I've never had like an elaborate cake like this. And it was not only very delicious, but it was very cool. It was all comic book themed. It had lollipops and pocky sticks coming out of it. Um, I'm, I ate a piece of it before we got here tonight. It's, uh, it was real good. And we ended up watching the accountant on television with about 6,000 commercials of the same four commercials over and over and over <laughs> again for every commercial break. And then the Oceans 
uh, 11, 12, and 13 marathon came on also on television. So what's up? With commercials? The whole... Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And the same... The same like round of medication commercials or insurance commercials or whatever. Uh, it is an unreal way to watch television. I don't I haven't had cable for going on like five years, so I don't really remember what it's like to watch TV. But whenever we go over to Brad and Colleen's, it's always on. And it has become this like fascinating relic of a way to watch something. We watched a, a Fast and Furious marathon at their house not too long ago. Oh. And watching Fast and Furious with like commercial breaks every seven minutes is, it's a trip. <laughs> Let me tell you. Anyway. <laughs> when you we re- had get a, really a new good snack, it's when you refill your drink. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, mute it. Special dread, you know. Yes. Yeah. Mute yeah. it, wait for it to all be over. <laughs> Comment about uh, whether you can or can or cannot like an actor anymore because of X, and then you get back to the movie, <laughs> and you be is like, "This is fine. This is before all of that happened. It's all right. Oh, it doesn't matter are we that he's an accountant, or are we talking about? No, I'm talking about Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> talking about oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, oh God, there's a lot. There's a lot of people in that movie. You have to think about a lot. Like <laughs> Casey Affleck showed up, and I was like, uh, Ooh. Yeah. And, you know, like two people in the room were like, oh, man, he's so great in this movie. And I'm sitting on the couch being like, (laughs) I know there's I always have this internal debate when I'm watching a movie with someone like, am I about to ruin their night or am I going to hold it in until later? (laughs) Bronwyn was like, I did. (laughs) Bronwyn sitting there on the couch and she's like, why does Brad Pitt have to be so charming? Why does he have to be so much fun to watch in movies when he's been revealed to be kind of a shitty dad? Yeah. And uh mm. yeah, it's man the stink that follows some people around. Yeah. It's terrible. Stop being yeah. stop being terrible, people. Yeah. We're yeah. looking at you, Liam Hemsworth, the enemy of the internet this week. Oh, oh no. Well, I I don't I don't know about this one. Chris, this that's Miley's Miley. husband. Miley. Thank you, John. Oh, this I didn't know. Miley. Wrote, I didn't the know shitty Hemsworth. The <laughs> shitty Hemsworth. I now don't feel as bad about calling him the lesser Hemsworth like I have been for years. Um, like yeah. Blimey the Elder, he's Hemsworth the Lesser. <laughs> Hemsworth the Lesser. He is the one that the beautiful new song, Flowers, was about. So oh. welcome to the pantheon that is uh, mostly filled with Taylor Swift exes and is now filled with a Miley Cyrus ex as well. <laughs> Can I just say, I am so tired of the us. back no 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 <laughs> i actually hate all of you there are people listening to this podcast right now that are like this shit again i am tired of well maybe by extension i don't know no i'm kidding but i'm tired of the we give us our privacy give us our privacy we you know respect that we have privacy we put our work out here and then their work is all about their private lives yeah I'm so mm-hmm. tired of this whole thing. And it's not just Miley. It's not just Taylor. It's it's pretty much everyone. I was going to say, I'm not sure to say Taylor Swift is the one who's not doing that. She's like, here's my profit line. No, that's literally her like, that's, that's, yeah, that's her. <laughs> she's out front with it all, but yeah. Yeah, but, she's like, look at this movie where I cast an actor named Jake to play to the guy who's definitely Jake Gyllenhaal. You <laughs> can't say it's just them because I, someone said to me years ago, I can't remember if it was Mariah Carey or someone else, but it was someone who was like at the time like super, super big, but you knew you saw nothing about them. 
Yeah. And they said, there's like, and they pointed me to an interview online and the interview was like, did you even realize that so-and-so had been in the public eye? And it's like, and I was just like, no, I was like, well, that's because they didn't want to be in the public eye. So this proves to you, doesn't matter how big of a star you are. If you tell your publicist to shut the hell up, yeah, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one looks for you. So all those people you see out there being chased by the paparazzi, someone in their team, this is what they were saying. Someone in their team told them where they were going to be. Mm-hmm. All those people you see running, walking through the airport for TMZ, someone told TMZ where they're going to be yeah, and yeah. gave them some questions to ask. So I just, I'm so tired of this whole respect us as human beings, we, we our privacy, but here's my next, my latest album. Here's what's on that, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's weird. It's you know, I really weird. thought you were going to judge me for like judging all of their exes, but I love that this turned into, I should be allowed to judge their exes. And I like yeah. that, Aaron. No, Thank you. It's just, you know, <laughs> the, you put yourselves out in this space. You know, you got to be prepared for what you get back. So that's kind of what the point I was making. I don't know, for those of you who don't, who, who aren't in our internal chat, <laughs> I, put a, I put a Taylor Swift thing out there where she was answering questions about that. And I was sort of conflicted about the whole thing because I was sort of like, why are you still talking about it? Well, I think, okay, so here's my read on that. I'm sure everybody cares that I have a read on that. But with her, <laughs> we do, I, we do. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Um, with her, I genuinely think she just says that so she can't be sued for liable because <laughs> she really doesn't hide it she puts easter eggs she puts you know her clothing choices her song choices the wording choices i mean the one about harry styles is literally called we never go out of style like she is telling us <laughs> who they are she doesn't care but i think she just says oh they could be about anyone so that no one can sue her <laughs> and i'm like more power to you go ahead and call them out but then have plausible deniability <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she hasn't been sued yet, so she's doing it right. No, and she sued that one guy for $1, and she won. And I love that for her. She's when awesome. you're a public figure, it's nearly impossible to sue somebody for libel like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like right. that she does. She probably does it with like a nice big wink at the camera. It's not about she Harry. Really, she really does. And that's the funny part. I'm like, she's not hiding it. You just can't actually say it until the tell-all book comes out, which I'm waiting for. <laughs> what Aaron she- said is... Go, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I said when she writes her version of Spare. <laughs> yeah, just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, God. Let's not forget Harry's not, I mean, Harry Styles. God, I just switched it up. Prince the Harry, Harry. The other Harry. The other, the lesser known Harry. <laughs> Harry Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Harry Gyllenhaal. Let's not forget that Harry, when he wrote Spare, like three months ago, he was on interviews going like, respect my privacy. And then three months later, he was like, just kidding. I just had a book coming out. And I didn't want to tell you yet. <laughs> this whole thing, and then we'll get to some comics, I swear. <laughs> this whole thing, what Aaron said and what, what Chris is saying, one of the things that drives me crazy, I haven't seen a story like this in a while, but I remember a couple of people who did. I remember when Shia LaBeouf oh said God. that he was, oh quote unquote, retiring from public <laughs> life. Oh. And like, can you even, can you do that? Yeah, you and, can. Yeah, you absolutely can. can. Just yes. tell your publicist to stop. Who is that? There was the exercise guy from the 80s that legitimately Richard was Simmons. Richard Richard Simmons. That legitimately vanished and nobody knew where he was for like 20 years. You can do it. When Julia yeah. Roberts goes away, no yeah, one knows. Yeah, no, but, That's yeah. true. That's true. It's just, it's, she's just gone. Adele does it. Yeah. <laughs> In between her albums. Yeah, she goes away for years. <laughs> and no one's just like, 
hey, what's going on with Adele? How come we're not following Adele in airports? And how come we don't see Adele in the, the Tesco or something like that? It's just sort of like, eh. yeah, Adele's gone. What else? <laughs> she said Adele's gone. <laughs> she went ghost. <laughs> Hibernation. She's yeah. She's with the Illuminati just... now, okay? Right. Look, Greta, Greta Garbo wanted to be alone, right? She literally disappeared. Yeah, she did. I went and lived yeah, in the Upper East Side, lived on her real estate money. Went, yeah, I don't care. Like but as you're saying, she went to the she went to the local Gristides. Yeah, she went yeah. to the Zay bars. Yeah. And like, people could uh, see her, but she didn't care. It just I'm done. Like I'm done with all this. Agatha Christie, who disappeared so thoroughly that people were trying to solve the mystery of where she went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, I think this horse has taken its last breath. So let's. Uh, yep. <laughs> Did we beat it? Let's, Did we beat it? Let's, let's Nay. Move on to the next one. Oh. All right, Bob. Uh, oh. You like lightning rounds? Sure. So uh, a whole a quick run then through a whole bunch of DC books. We've got Harley Quinn and the animated series Legion of Bats number four by T. Franklin Shea Beagle. Uh, Jean Michel, Roberto Poggi, Andrew Balhaus, Taylor Esposito. Now, at the end of the last issue, Ivy was rendezvousing with an ex-girlfriend while at the same time Harley was hanging with the Bat family. Neither one knows about the other secret. So this, I think, is going to get really interesting as we move into this, which I hope will lead into the next season of the animated show. But it's, you know, it's Discovery and Warner's. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's hope. Stargirl and the Lost Children, number three of six by Jeff Johns, Todd Nock, Matt Helms, and Rob Lay. Courtney gets to meet the Lost Children, the former sidekicks from all the past eras, while Emiko, a.k.o. the Red Arrow, she confronts our big bad, the Childminder. Now, it sounds kind of ominous, but I had a smile on my face throughout two reads of this really classic tale. I'm loving that. And we have, we get a justice society book this week. Uh, thank you, Jeff Johns, like mm-hmm. old fashioned. And speaking of that world's finest, number 11, Mark Wade, Dan Mora, Tamra Bonvion, and Steve Wands. Just another fun book. And what's been one of the greatest series on the stands right now. And the last page cliffhanger for all of us who are JSA, Mark Wade, Alex Ross fans, uh, there's some stuff going on here. Woof! <laughs> Batgirls number 14, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with everything else by Jonathan Case. It's a silent issue. Hmm. It's focused on Cass's search for Stephanie, who's been in the clutches of her supposedly dead father, the Clue Master, which is just an awful name. Uh, <laughs> it's masterfully done by all concerned. And I want to give a special shout out and a special nod to a very emotional sequence near the end. There is a letter going back and forth between two of our Batgirls. Oh, just leave it at that. Quickly over to Marvel. Marvel now, but not Marvel now from 10 years ago. But Strange number 10. <laughs> Jed McKay, Marcella Ferreira, Roberta Poggi, Java Tatalia, Corey Pettit. Well, it brings this chapter to a powerful in every sense finale. Clea and Steven's climactic battle with the Blasphemy Cartel, a much better name than the Clue Master. Uh, as I think I mentioned last time, Jed McKay will be writing a new Doctor Strange series that starts very, very soon and includes all our supporting cast. So Clea and Wong, all our folks are back. I can't wait. 
to see what happens next. But Strange has been wonderful from day one here. Okay, time to take a breath so I can talk about Wasp number one by Al Ewing, Kasha Nee, KJ Diaz, Corey Pettit. You're going to need the same because it, reading it, if you're all like me, this is just something really special. It was utterly delightful with an emotional range that will have you smiling, tearing up, doing fist pumps, you name it, it's in here somewhere. Janet Van Dyne is meeting her stepdaughter, Nadja, is having a bit of a down day as she's, well, thinking about her biological mother, Maria Troyava, uh, who was murdered by communist agents during her honeymoon with Hank Pym back in 1964, <laughs> whatever. Um, this brings Jan into a reminiscence about her own origin as a wasp, which began with the death of her father, Vernon Van Dyne, at the hands of the creature from the cosmos. Now, by issue's end, this all ties together, even without having prior knowledge of these old events that John and I do, I guess. <laughs> but it'll certainly enhance your reading if you take a trip over to marvelfandom.com or Comic Vine or whatever and check out Tales to Astonish number 44, because amazing enough, it was it was the Silver Age. All the threads I just talked about with those old characters back then all happened in that same issue, which was only half an issue of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because they shared their book with the Hulk. I I just love this book. You've got a an art style that 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 channels Elsa Chartier and Don Heck from the 60s and makes it all work together. You've got two wonderful characters, love both wasps. I am so thrilled to have got this started, and I hope it leads to more for both these fabulous ladies. I is done. You remember that time when I read half of Stargirl and the Lost Children? Yeah, I do remember that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> that was great. Classic me. Uh, does anybody remember the old arcade game or Genesis game, Captain America and the Avengers. Yes, absolutely so. Okay. In Wasp number one, that's Whirlwind, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember him being in the game? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. It's a real pain in the tuchus. I got a YouTube video on my other screen of this game right now, and I'm, I'm remembering the sounds that come out of this guy when he laughs. But like, <laughs> Iron Man comes up to him and he's like, "You will not escape," and his response is, "You will be the one escaping." That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I love that game. I want to play it right now. I'm leaving this podcast. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Bye. It was fun while it lasted. Um, Wasp number one is great. I love the switching up of the art styles. I thought was really cool, kind of going a little bit old school in the middle for certain panels. Yep. Uh, love seeing Janet and Nadja together. I love their their chemistry is so good. Jarvis mixing up a, a drink over at the bar yeah. was a nice little treat. And uh, whatever's going on with this uh, gloopy monster from the from creature i don't from know the cosmos he's the creature oh. from the cosmos all the way back in the 60s i this is my first exposure to this character i love it i love it this is i'm i am on board for this i i love all the janet stuff but just the villain 
I, I I love the giant blob monster. I want more of this type of stuff in my superhero comics. Enough with the punching each other. Punch the blob. The blob That's monster. what I want. <laughs> um, all right. Who read World's Finest? I did. I love I World's did. Finest. It's so perfect. What'd you think of this issue? John? Oh. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to no, go. No, sorry. I, I, I enjoyed it. I the end, I'm not sure that's areas that we need to tread anymore, but I trust Wade. So, yeah. Um, yeah but I'm just it's having fun. Of, I don't know. And I can't wait for next issue because we finally find out why Supergirl and yeah. Robin Robert, are, yes. are having issues. Yes. So, just bring on number 12. I don't know. It's yeah, just wanna... fun. Like, I feel like I don't have mm-hmm. deep thoughts about it. I'm just like, I'm happy. True. Yeah. 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 When I saw that last page, I was just like, you know, I did the whole deep run of the justice society mm-hmm. stuff and 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 i was just like oh all right well that character was kind of that's the character i'm thinking of i'm like oh that character was kind of interesting but yeah all right um i will say i think what made me happiest about this was that joker was in and joker was out yep yeah. that's the best way he's best <laughs> as seasoning exactly yes. was in and was out burned to a fucking crisp <laughs> 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 spoilers um but he was in and out and i appreciate that because you know how i feel about when they lean on that crutch um Mm -hmm. you know i think this was a really good way of telling a very emotional but compartmentalized story about a character that none of us knew um now care about right (laughs) you know it didn't care about at first Mm -hmm. and now sort of care about and you know struggled with you know, because sometimes I think we forget in these books that <laughs> it, it can't possibly be the case that every single person that gets powers is going to suddenly be, you know, like a pro at it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like an expert and suddenly like the most virtuous, you know, hero. And so it was like, nah, that's not how it goes. Um, I mean, even if you're not like full on villainy. So I, I, I sort of like that. And I kind of touched on it a little bit in my lightning earlier, but I, I kind of, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, I like that about it. Um the yeah. whole Superman never lies thing. Like, well, he lied to everyone for how many years about his identity? But other than that, that one time, that one lie for that lasted for most of his life. And, and it happened every day as he talked about Clark Kent being who he right. was. But just that, just that one, <laughs> that lie, one lie spread over a long time. It's just like I kind of don't know if you quite understand what you just wrote there, sir. But um, but no, still really fun. But I also read Wasp. Uh, number one and i think to your point steve uh about the the changing of the art style i feel like marvel's been doing that in a couple of books when they want to show you know i think he did in the fantastic four when they want to show history mm-hmm. um they've been going back to that art style which i think is really cool i think it's cool that they're making it something that they're doing across the different titles so you know so sort of like an homage to their history and and sort of to the fandom that's been reading that long I, I, the thing I always loved about Wasp, especially the, when I read her, read Janet in um, Unstoppable Wasp. In Whitley's book, sure. Yeah. Um, was you are taking the character that, in theory, should just be the least threatening character and just imbuing them with so much confidence that they are literally, they are really a, a capable threat. You know, a capable, because I, you know, whenever I was a kid, whenever I see the, you know, the lunchbox with all the Avengers on it, and I see the wasp, I'm like, next, you know, or, you know, <laughs> you just, you don't, 
you just don't look at them like they are a credible threat, you know. Um, but Janet has just Janet has just been infused with such confidence and such, you know, agency that you really do believe it. Um, and then you see that, you know, her next to Nadia, and it was a really cool sort of mix. And I also uh, appreciate her calling Nadia her daughter, although she didn't call her her stepdaughter later, but. I appreciate her saying she's got lunch with her daughter. I just thought that all those oh, emotional yeah. things were were carried over. I think things were. I think those are some of the things that were carried over from Whitley. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, good books. Especially when, when Janet says to to uh, Whirlwind, uh, "I could bore into your skull like a tick." Yep. <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew. So take him out, Jan. So she laid down the threat. Huh. John, Steve, <laughs> what would it take for you to send me a photo? Somebody else can take it of just your bare back so I can put a jabber, uh, jabber jaw tattoo <laughs> on it. Do you have one ready to go? You have to just have one on hand. Yes. Um, let me, let me go. Let me go to my back file. Um, <laughs> Right next to the uh, wrist folder. I was gonna say he uh, is in a slut era, so yeah, the I forearm could, folder. I could probably get Kayla to do one after the show. Okay. Not gonna do it live on air. <laughs> I'm, I'm half kidding. So are you? Are you? I'm half kidding. So. I'm sure you could get regular animation art of Jabber. Do you just want a picture of the tattoo? <laughs> yes. I I'll, do. I'll get you one, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Score. Hey, Steve. Steve. Makes it into Steve's secret <laughs> yeah. files. Usually you have to pay for that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folders within folders, man. That's the key. <laughs> All right, John. Oh, wait, Steve, Steve, did you read Strange number 10? No, I didn't. I had my name next to it and then oh. I, I had to delete it. I did not have time. Mm-hmm. They're I giving it. They're giving Jed McKay the Avengers too. Yes, he's getting, wow. he's, he's becoming the go-to person at Marvel. Oh, mm. 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 curiouser and curiouser. Everybody just turned into a Muppet for fifteen <laughs> seconds. Mm. Ocean breeze soap gets you clean. <laughs> All right, John. While I have you. <laughs> All right. I will start with 10,000 Black Feathers, number one through five. So this is Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino plus Dave Stewart on colors. This is an interesting book. So you got Jackie and Trish, Trish, who are two outcast teens creating high fantasy in their basement. You also have Trish, who is a successful writer, while Jack, a.k.a. Jackie, disappeared 10 years ago after using a fake ID to get into a party. And then you have Jack, the noble knight, protecting her sorceress friend in the wastelands of the world from the evil warlord Corvus. So you got three weird threads going on in this book, and they're all interconnected. Uh, you got the young kids kind of going through the the changes of friendship. You know, when they were in middle school, it was all about each other. And then they start to grow apart, and one of them feels a little bit more for the other than the other feels for her. Then you have the mystery of what happened to Jack. Uh, Trish is a successful writer, comes back to her hometown to investigate. And then you have this high fantasy going on and you have this just kind of 
theme of these crows and the black feathers dripping all over the pages. It's a really chilling tale from Lemire and Sorrentino uh, from their Bone Orchard mythos. So we had Passageway, uh, the original graphic novel uh, last year. We got this this year. It's creepy. It's emotional. It, it's got teen angst, love, and loss. It's got lots of cool aspects, but I think it needed a little bit more. Uh, the ending kind of left me a little wanting. But with them building this big, ambitious horrorverse, we might see some more of this. And then they have The Tenement coming out in the spring, which is another miniseries. I will always be there for Lemire and Sorrentino. They're like the the Brubaker and Phillips for me. Uh, just two A-class comic creators who found each other years ago and just make magic whenever they work together. Um, next, I have Nightwing 100, which is really like Nightwing like 200 and something, but we'll go with it. Um, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. And then they asked back a bunch of old Nightwing writer or artists so you got Scott McDaniel, Rick Leonardo, Eddie Barrows, Javier Fernandez, and Mikkel Janin. That's so, a murderer's row right there. Wow. It is, but um, no, I'll get there. Um, okay. <laughs> Heartless makes his move to replace Blockbuster, who uh, was taken out a few issues ago. Uh, he releases hundreds of prisoners from one of Bloodhaven's corporate prisons, uh, which is a blight on the, the city as it, as it looks horrible when you're coming into the town. As Nightwing tells us, uh, Heartless wants to rule Bloodhaven and he's telling all these prisoners that they will have jobs as his goons if they can take out Nightwing. Well, Nightwing and his friends stand in the way and you have some very powerful friends here. Uh, it's a good Nightwing story. Um, I will say that I used to love Scott McDaniel's artwork on Nightwing. Uh, it did not age as well oh. as I remembered it. Um, it, it, feel, it felt rushed here. It wasn't like the classic Scott McDaniel. But all the others were, were, were really fun to see. Um, there's some great moments here with the Pennyworth Foundation. Uh, they're going to take the prison and make a very iconic tower, if you know what I mean. Um hmm. Superman and Wonder Woman are hitting up Dick to... Uh, well, watch your mouth, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awkward, considering they date oh, his dad. I mean... Yeah. Uh, anyway, to uh, maybe take over uh, the head chair of the new JLA. And then you just got some wonderful Bruce and Richard moments. Uh, no. As they are kind of open up about their feelings toward each other and how Bruce has always felt a little uh, like he's let down Dick and Dick's, you know, they use language, you know, father and son more than I've ever heard of Bruce oh, and, and, and Dick together. And the hug. Um, and the hug. A there hug? was a hug. Oh, there was a, a hug. hug. I got a little, I got a little, I got a little teary. I'll be yeah. honest. Um, no, this Nightwing has been a, a fantastic since Tom Taylor took over. And, and this issue kind of wraps things up, but also sets up the next phase. And as long as those two are on this book, I will, him and Redondo, I will, I will be here for it. And then the last thing I brought to the table is Nemesis Reloaded. Uh, so this is Mark Miller and Jorge Jimenez with uh, Giovanni Nico, Nero on colors and Clem Robbins on letters. If you don't know, Nemesis was one of the earliest Miller World books 
Uh, he created it with Steve McNiven. Um, Nemesis is what happens if Batman became the Joker? What if a billionaire decided to become the world's greatest criminal rather than the world's greatest hero? Um, and he wears this all white costume and he just chooses to terrorize. He picks a, a famous police chief a la a Jim Gordon and terrorizes until he either kills them or they kill themselves in classic Miller brutality. Um, the ending of the first one had this cliffhanger that maybe the nemesis persona was just, you know, what rich people bought into uh, from a something a kind of like an organizer of, of um, billionaires who want to become supervillains. Reloaded kind of tosses out that original story or maybe not. We don't know. It's just the first issue. But now Nemesis has returned. He sets his sights on Los Angeles and its ex-cop and former DA, DA district attorney turned mayor Joe Castillo, who has promised to clean up L.A. with 2,000 more cops on the streets. Uh, Nemesis arrives with a bang, literally. Uh, he takes over the L.A. crime scene in a very uh, brutal fashion. Uh, you have a beautiful heist because to terrorize a city costs money and just some gory action. I know Jimenez on Batman has been fantastic. I don't know if his art's ever looked better here than here. Uh, you got a great cliffhanger ending that will make every liberal in America rethink, do we really want to defund the police this way? Um, oh my gosh. It is, it is Miller at his, at his best and worst um and i'm here for it i i i love me some mark miller when he's when he's on uh i, I king of spies uh magic order um uh, this one i don't know why i i shouldn't like it but i do um and, and i'm here for all four issues of this and i'm done <laughs> It's, so it made you rethink your dislike of Paw Patrol, is what I'm hearing. Oh, oh, um, refund. Well, no, 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 no. I will, I will say you this. You need to apologize to some puppies. Um, I could be down with what Nemesis wants to do for police officers if it was the Paw Patrol. <laughs> okay. Especially Chase. Everybody else is Especially fine, but Chase, 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 Chase. I'm on the case. Um. And, and there's a bounty on your head. Maybe. <laughs> Nemesis is coming after you, Chase. Nemesis wants everybody else to do the 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 chasing chase. Oh, so Nemesis is kidnapping Chase and like No, Nemesis is putting bounties on cops' heads oh, and making the average citizen want to collect the money. Someone draw Nemesis and Frank Castle chasing Chase. That's what I need. Yeah, but Frank Castle gave up the guns and now he uses the samurai swords with the hand. I think it's a, it's a puppy. He'll he'll win. He'll be fine. <laughs> can, can we get McGruff the crime dog into this? I think. Oh, McGruff. McGruff never stopped me from doing anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Neither did two. Dare. It just dared I, me to do new things. Statistically, Dare actually increases the likelihood kids will use drugs. I know. <laughs> just say no. True facts. What are they talking about? I don't know. No, we'll find out this weekend, though. Right? Sounds like fun. <laughs> I got in so much trouble during a Dare seminar one I'm year. I'm sure you did. I did. I, I really did. I've never believed anything harder than that. <laughs> I got very quietly kicked out of that assembly oh and had to wait out in the hall outside the cafeteria for the cop that was doing the presentation <laughs> to come over and no. give me a talking to 
Oh, because I <laughs> was very disrespectful <laughs> toward him. His name was Officer Eddie. And uh, oh, the cool cat fuck yeah. the police right in the middle of the dare. No, I kind of <laughs> gave him the finger in front of like three whole grades. Kind of did. Huh? You were how he old? Old, I was maybe 11, 12 years old. I'm so proud of you in this moment. Uh, he embarrassed the shit out of me oh. in front of everyone in that cafeteria. And in the moment, it pissed me off, and I gave him the finger, but boy, did I catch hell for it. Because their whole thing was, if everybody sees me disrespecting the cops, then they're going to think that they can disrespect the cops. And I was kind of just standing there going like, well, well, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Okay, I I wasn't really like that. I was was deeply upset because it was... uh, it was a it was a bad bad day but funny end to that story is years later i was called out by a school bully because apparently i had looked at his girlfriend in art class um which was she posing naked no oh, okay. and I, well, the, 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 the shit of this is anymore bob the no, shit of this not. is, is that I never, yeah. I never looked at her. Like, so it was just, it was so unbelievably dumb because I didn't even do the thing that he said I did, mm-hmm. but he wanted to, he wanted to call oh, me yeah. out after school. And, um, the vice principal got wind of it and sent, sent a, a police officer to the uh, no, no, no. shopping center where it was supposed to happen, and guess who it was no. that showed up to rescue my ass from this dipshit. <sighs> Officer Eddie, Eddie. and we had him. No, we had him. Get him. Eddie recognized me immediately. We had a nice chat, and it was and it was lovely. We reconnected, and I didn't say, "Hey, remember that time when I gave you the finger in front of like sixty-five, eleven-year-olds?" Hello, sir. That is is the best Steve story ever. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's like Archie with uh, what's Midge's boyfriend? Um, oh God, what's his uh, name? Moose? Was it Moose? Yes. Yeah, it was yes. Moose. Yes. I you watched Riverdale. Oh, Here, I'll show you, you the best a, thing to come from this podcast. Moose. I'll send it to you right now. There oh. you go. I remember my uh, my high school dare was uh, they showed <laughs> the episode right. of Linda Hunt when she did Angel Dust and jumped out the window. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Linda Hunt from Year of Living Dangerously. Linda Hunt and from no, not Linda Hunt. Um, oh, from Mad About You. What's her name? Linda Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Yeah, Linda. Yes, Linda sorry. Hunt is someone. Like, Linda Hunt's a little different. Yes, right, she's yes. a principal in Kindergarten Cop. Yes, she was in um the original Dune, and yes. then she was on NCIS LA yeah. for years. But Helen Hunt Helen from Twister. From Twister. <laughs> Oh no, Steve! My that that might do my. <laughs> that's better than what I can. look, man. <laughs> it's not my fault that you have shitty security, and I got into your folders just and just took my pictures. I wish my back was that ripped. Tell I'm not a patient man. <laughs> is that is that Sylvester Stallone? Who's this? No, it's some random dude. Random dude. Random dude. It's it's generated AI. It's one of those. Random things. dude is keeping it tight. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Brad. Oh God, his name is Brad. They're I don't like Brad. it. Sure. Yeah. Now I'm back to Brad that. or Brian. Yeah, our our two original co-hosts, by the way. That's interesting. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Not like this, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But you know, 
John, John's got it going on here. Yep. Um, it's, that, it's that biking that does it, right, John? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll make this the the episode art so you all can see this. You must now. This so it's perfect. I'll tell you. Yeah. I tried to search for muscly back, and I ended up in uh, Bogo's book town <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> Did you have safe search on? You didn't make the brown one at the stake, did you? I never have safe search on. What? Fuck it. Let, let them think that I'm some kind of maniac. <laughs> I was just saying that one time, live on thought, when she, she searched oh, yes. thought twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have to search all kinds of stuff for work throughout yes. the day. So my search history is just uh, like barf of celebrity uh unmentionables and god knows what else <laughs> don't you Would go you incognito <laughs> no no i don't go incognito for work stuff steve just that's where that's reserved for steve's time okay look i, I today because we're, we're you know chris is with us i want to do some webtoons and my browser at work wouldn't support webtoons <gasps> oh it eventually I said care. to me there are too many requests closed off it's like, wait, it's, it's webtoons I'm not on so Pornhub. Cool. I'm on Webtoons, okay? Yeah, you're not on Tapas. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. <sighs> hey, did I ever tell you how I got kicked out of Sunday school? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about bad kid stuff. Um, I was a, still am, I'm a dinosaur kid, so read all about the stuff, and so Oh my, God. my mom was a very religious Lutheran and I was sent to Sunday school and I was, you know, seven. Any questions? Yeah. Where are the dinosaurs in this Bible book we're reading? <laughs> <laughs> Called my parents in. We had a discussion. Oh my and God. then they had, they had one of the only arguments I ever ha- remember my parents having <laughs> over <laughs> the kid wants to think my father said, why subject him to this? Mm. Thanks, Dad. I get to stay home and watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. This is great on a Sunday. I'm much happier. Forget oh, yeah. the intellectual thing of it. I can watch I like cartoons that. and <laughs> monster movies. Yeah, I love I got, the I uh, kicked out of Sunday school. The yeah, religious. I Bob done it before. You know. <laughs> I can do a whole Patreon and being kicked out of right? Catholic school. I know. I've been kicked out of multiple churches. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's. We should do a we should do a podcast. Religious right. okay. trauma. Here we go. Before we get too far away, does anybody have any comments about John's books? I didn't read any of them, with the exception of Ten Black Feathers, and I only read the first three, but I am enjoying it. I'm loving Nightwing. Yeah. That alternate cover with the Teen Titans for Hundred was so good. Oh, oh yeah, who it did that? Like, so oh, uh, it was a uh, Moore. His name, first name. Yeah, I'll send yep. it back to the chat, Bob. But, um, That's a blast yeah, from the past. Because this issue, the way you you guys are discussing it, I think I, even though I'm not following Nightwing, this is one of those yeah. moments, right? The, the Bruce really and, and, and Dick moment. Yeah, that sounds the, Bruce, the Bruce and Dick stuff's fantastic. It's really healing to read. So I Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you'd really enjoy the current Nightwing run, Bob. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. So you good. should go back. Well, we're we're gonna, we're going to talk about you know the new DC, and I, I think I need to read some old DC based on what the new DC is doing. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I had a question, and then it went. Oh, are you are you still buying anything day of for DC, John? 
just Nightwing, World's Finest, and Batman. Okay, you didn't jump on Lazarus Planet, did you? My my um my LCS pulled the Alpha issue, and I read it and I enjoyed it, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy something every week, so I'll just wow. read it when it's done. Am I am I okay to wait, or am I missing out? I think you're fine. Um, that all blew up in um uh, Batman versus Robin. Yeah. That Mark Wade Mahum Mahum Asar book that's really good. I sorry I butchered that man's name and I apologize because I love his art. Muhammad Asar. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, okay, um, Ooh, Steve. Yeah, hey. it. there you go, Steve. Um, One of my favorites. <laughs> uh, and so that, but that, it just the book escalated so quickly. But I, it was a it felt like a classic JLA with the teams and. And, and Aaron's favorite Robin taken over. Um, and so it was, it, it was good, but I, I think you're fine waiting. I'm, I'm going to wait. All right. Cause I just, it, it sounds significant and it sounds like it's going to kind of set the pace for stuff coming out later. And I just always worry that. Yeah. But so it's dark crisis. And- no, I know. I know. And that's the thing is they always, they always sell these things as, Oh, you got to read it because it's going to change the universe forever. But and- every first, Every first issue is a new jumping on point anyway. So yeah. they'll, they'll explain everything. You'll be yeah. fine. It only change the universe forever until they forget the details and then never have them back again. Like, oh, there's that. There's <laughs> definitely that. We had a whole discussion the other day about whether Tam uh, Tam Fox exists oh, in yeah. main continuity yeah. anymore or not. Um. Yeah, that's a great question. She's in I Am Batman. Yeah, but that's not okay. main continuity. So yes, it is. Yeah, but isn't it all, re- all it was retro into it? It is your yeah. retro into it. The first it. issue so. was not main continuity. The second right. issue was. That makes sense. That's okay, John. Sense. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw this one at you then. Is Ambush Bug in? Yeah, Ambush Bug shows up. Really? Time. Yeah. Okay. Wild. Keith Giffen's Ambush Bug. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wild times. Who is or is not currently in continuity? The constant question of DC fans. I don't know. I was I I laughed when we were sharing. I was like, remember New Fifty Two when Batman went through five Robins or four Robins? In five <laughs> where, where, was, where was CPS during all this? <laughs> if you're rich enough, you don't you can bypass CPS. Uh, yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> Anybody else got anything for John about his books? <laughs> no, we're just this was all out. about his books. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I look. I'm just asking. I want to get. I want to get Aaron in here. It's been I'm a while. Kidding. Aaron. Aaron. I'm searching, I'm searching for shoes on Amazon. Why you guys <laughs> I love the way. Well, I mean, I don't love it because I feel bad. But like, Aaron just checks out. At like twenty five minutes a clip while we do this show, but I'm just gonna clip these people. Smart, they're smartly saying. slow. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't stop the flow. I'm just gonna. I just. <laughs> it's one of my, my favorite things. things about you that you just you quietly lurk, and then you only talk when you when you have something really poignant or funny to say. I was gonna say, or when he wants to make fun of Damian Wayne, which usually yeah. brings mm. it back to the chat. There's nothing fun about Damian Wayne. Oh. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you you think Damian Wayne's not cool? Let's see how cool your lightning round is, then, man. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> Were there though? No, Were not there. really. But okay. Damian Wayne is in his lightning round. I see it. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Oh, so 
Yeah, and I use toilet paper daily. So what does that mean? <laughs> it means you got to get a bidet. That's what that means. It so, means that you have something useful and life sustaining in your life, like Damian Wayne is for me. What's your point? Oh, a little oh. shit, shit stain. Anyway, so. <laughs> shit is just your body first, getting out toxins. Like, well, this is like Wimbledon. Book, it's oh, back Jesus and forth Christ. body. I love it. First book. <laughs> first book. Written, written by Bob's favorite writer. Vanish number four, Donnie Cates, Ryan Segment. Oh. <laughs> so we have our, and I'm going to use air quotes for, you know, radio, great radio, uh, hero, <laughs> Oliver, or, you know, at least he's supposed to be in theory, I guess he was billed that way, but things have taken a turn as we've gotten further into this book. Again, we're at issue four, and a lot has happened in these four issues. Um, he's basically going after this group called the Prestige, or sort of like the Justice League Avengers type group that's in this in this universe that's been created by Donny Cates. Um, but he uh, earlier in the in the the run, he, earlier in the book, he realized that these people aren't exactly who they say they are. They're actually um, sort of leftover villainous magicians from the magical world, you know, that he comes from. Recall, he was basically the little Harry Potter of that group, the chosen one that did all the things that need to be done. And now this is some 30 years later, and he's sort of living a life of a squalor uh, in our universe. So fearing that they are coming in and taking over the world, this world, after he thought that he had sort of ended that whole little thing, he has decided he's going to take those mofos out one at a time. (laughs) Um, so in his process of taking them out, he's taken out a couple, maybe like three or four so far in his process of taking them out. Um, he acquires their power because he realizes that, well, he hopes or believes that Vanish, the big villain that he was actually the chosen one who took out earlier, um, is coming back and he's going to need to be as powerful as possible. This book gives us a little bit more, um, stakes. This issue rather gives us a little bit more stakes, um, because we have a scenario where, yeah, he's going through and he's, he's, he's mowing down. Um, well, he's not as easy as that. He's taking some hits and some losses, but he's taking out some of these villains. Um, they're making some really valid arguments about, you know, you're judging us based on who we were then. You don't know who we are now. You don't know what we're trying to do. We, there's, there's something more going on here, but he's sort of got this tunnel vision. He just doesn't want to hear it. So he's, he's taking them out and he's taking their power. Um, but we do get to see that there is a little bit more going on than anticipated because there is a, a big bad villain coming back. I don't want to spoil it. There is a big bad villain who returned who's pretty much going to try to be a step ahead of him the whole way and sort of get him before he gets got. Um, the art for this story is perfect for what, what they're trying to tell. Um, it's reflecting a very dark world um, and this magical world that they now inhabit. Um, it sort of leans the coloring and the darkness of it and the shadows leans into exactly what you're trying to portray, this sort of sullen character who is this um, reluctant, I don't want to say hero, maybe Avenger type, this vengeance type guy. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I was looking at this like, this feels like the next phase of Harry Potter after he's processed all of his trauma and realized exactly <laughs> what he's gone through. Um, you like know, it. and it's not this whole, everyone, he, he turns out to be a well-adjusted father of whoever and blah, 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 blah. No, he's like a drunk who's like <laughs> doing lines of cocaine to get through his day, you know, and, and figuring some things out. This is processing the trauma? So, you know, maybe he didn't process it well. So, oh, gotcha. You know. <laughs> so next book. So I'm eh, going back, going back to Vanish. Check it out. It's, it's, it starts off seeming pretty simple, but it, it develops layers over the the, the, the 
the span of it so far. And again, we're only at issue four. Now, Daniel, Long... here's the thing. Let me jump in. In, in, in the movie world, since Daniel Radcliffe's doing all these interesting little indie movies, would he do that drunken, cocaine-ridden Harry Potter as oh a sidebar? Oh my God, I would love that. I would. That would. I could see that Please. on a funnier die. Please. Yeah, um, yeah. So next book, book number two, Flawed, number four, Chuck Brown, Prenzy. So this book opened uh, by giving us a little glimpse into Jem's uh, past. Jem's our main character, um, and you know a little bit of ha- a little bit of a look into what exactly made her the bad that badass that she is today. We get to see a little bit of her military time uh, and some things in, in a particular incident she had then that is just stellar and spectacular. I would love to see that in sort of a live action. But anyway, we get a little bit of a little bit of history of that because remember a large portion of this book is about her dealing with her past and dealing with her trauma, even though she is a therapist. Um dealing with her trauma and how it affects her and her the actions that she makes. Um and she uses her aunt as a sounding board and we get to see as the audience um how she is dealing with that. Um we also see that Detective Davis learns exactly how deep this conspiracy of evil goes as he uh, realizes that no one is to be trusted in the police department that he works in. We also see that when Jem's back is against the wall, um, her, she really does lean into the whole concept of the best offense is a good, uh, uh, best defense is a good offense. Um, and she takes the fight to them and she's just like, hey, you want me? Come and get me. Let's bring it out. Now, while all of that is going on, we learn that the other big bad, and if you don't know what the characters, you probably have to read it to figure this out, but Mr. Higgs um, and the Skinwalker, we realize now exactly what it is everyone is trying to get the Skinwalker for. The Skinwalker is someone who basically has got like a Wolverine self-healing power. He can't, you can literally just break him into like the tiniest pieces and he will regenerate. It'll take him a little bit of time, but he'll regenerate. He just can't be killed. So we finally get to see what the big plan is that Mr. Higgs has for the Skinwalker, and that plan has some teeth, as we see in the the final reveal page uh, of this issue. Um, I feel like we're coming into what's going to be a really, really incredible issue uh, of Jem and and going up against you know her foe, uh, all the pieces falling into place. It's going to be interesting to sort of see how this all plays out. I've really been enjoying this book. I think Steve has been enjoying it as well. Next book, Strange Academy Finals number four. You see a trend here? Yeah. <laughs> I can easily just sum this up. She crazy. That's all. That's just it. She crazy. So the kids took out gasoline after the last issue, uh, but it did come with a cost. So now the kids have to make restitution after uh, Voodoo had to sing for his supper. Um, Calvin has some trust to regain, uh, but he is back in the fold, and he had a really awesome scene if i'm going to call it that a scene where you show that he is really going to do what he has to do to to, to regain that trust because again emily she crazy <laughs> she rolled up in there really badass thinking she had everything sorted out and she got shut down Ooh. uh but you know she got a plan we'll see how this goes still loving this book i can't say anything more about it that i haven't already said scotty young and berto ramos still loving this book sidebar I read Dark Crisis number seven. Anyway, fourth book. <laughs> Batman. It's not really a book. It's a movie. Batman, Superman, Battle of the Super Sons on HBO Max. Finally decided to read it as essentially sort of a, the origin story of that relationship between Jonathan and the other guy. 
Um, and oh so my God, Aaron. we, um, <laughs> we uh, get to see one of my favorite things is when they don't do the full on origin story and for force you to, to sit through things you already know. So they give you a five minute montage to start with Superman being put into the little spacecraft all the way up to Jonathan being like 10 years old. I'm just like, great. All that five minutes. Love, Love it. it. That's how that's how we should do it from this point forward. Don't, Please. don't retread things that every nerd already knows. We don't we don't care about Spider-Man and Aunt May. We don't we we understand that all. all if I see the pearls the in the alley again, yeah. I'm gonna die. Can't do it. Can't do it. I cannot do it. So we get there and realize um that we got a little bit of a what what we learn in this this five minutes is that there was a a, a what do you want to call it? A um stowaway on Superman's little, uh, oh. little ship there. Uh, and that still away happened to be Starro. Uh, mm. You know, wow. things progress from there. Let me tell you, things progress. Uh, and so we find this situation where Starro has made his way into the Watchtower. You know how this is going to go. All the heroes mm. are basically, you know, uh, Taken over, yeah. basically. And so who's left to fight the battles? Damien. Jonathan Wayne. and Damien. Damien! <laughs> and so uh, the way this all plays out, I think, is really, really fun and cool. It was a really sort of fresh sort of a, a sort of way to, to sort of see heroes being played out because you didn't necessarily take all the heroes completely off the board. You had some really great Lois scenes. You had some really great Clark See really, really great Clark Jonathan scenes. Really great, um, really great Lois scenes. Jimmy Olsen is black, um, but um, you know we, what? What I really loved about it was that unlike, and this is gonna take a seat, Chris. This is going to shock you. I'm side eyeing you a little bit. But okay. with the previous universe of Batman Damian stories. The thing that bothered me the most is that Damien probably appeared in four of those movies mm-hmm. each time with the same story arc. Yeah, I'm an asshole and something happens and then I, I've learned my lesson, Father, until the next movie when I'm an asshole again. I haven't learned anything. Something happens <laughs> and then I've learned my lesson, Father. Oh, wait, no, hold on. I'm still an asshole. Uh, but I'm going to, you know, and they just kept doing it. I remember even having this conversation a couple of years ago with Hugh, a friend of the show, we are all saying the same thing or just like, okay, at what point is there an accumulation of learning from, from this character? Well, they actually did well from that perspective, you know, you in, know, in this movie. That's almost a compliment to Damien. I like it. <laughs> Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, I'll take my wins. Because I'll take them when they come. The, the thing that did bother me, though, <laughs> to be honest with you, is... The complete lack of consequences for being homicidal to someone's kid right in front of their parent. <laughs> because there was this scene, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say it in a way that's spoiled. There is a scene where we all know that Jonathan doesn't get his powers like all in one bang. He, they slowly come in in phases. So what brings them all together is Superman wanting Batman's help in figuring out what is going on with Jonathan. Is he going to have all the powers is he just going to have some of the powers is what's going to happen so at the time of mm-hmm. meeting all of them damien included damien went full-on douchebag having yeah. never met them and then not once not twice but three times tried to kill the kid 
in front, <laughs> in front of his parents, um, saying, well, I'm just testing out his powers. Three times. And people are just like, yeah. Own. I think kids are like, boys will be boys, and then sort of move on with their thing. I'm just like, wait. Who hasn't maybe and tried to kill Like a little someone. lack of oversight. Yeah. So, and he actually does say it once to you. He goes, I've killed more people than you've been alive. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Um, okay. No one no one finds that troubling? No? Oh, okay. So, anyway, that sandbox. He wasn't sure. raised by the League of Cuddles, Aaron. What do you think? <laughs> Listen, oh, there's man, a book. I was, I'm a grandchild, he, he, I and I was waiting book. for him to was say it. I was, cuddles. cuddles, yes, absolutely. I, I, I really was waiting for him to say it. it. I was, I was like, he's going to say it any minute now. He's going to say it any minute now. Uh, I'm the grandchild of the demon. I'm like, there it is. There it is. The grandchild of the demon's head. I'm like, no one cares. But there was a scene. Uh, there was a scene between Superman and and, and Bruce where I. I they did it so sparingly, but I think when they do it well, it, it really pays off when you show that that relationship between them. That, yeah, Batman's going to always circle back around to being an asshole at times, but when it comes to oh. Clark, he and Clark have a genuine friendship. Yeah. And when they were right. sharing sort of, not war stories, but um, sort of advice back and forth, when Super, when Clark was, was sort of basically saying, telling Bruce not to be so hard on himself, about your murderous child that just tried to kill mine. Um, I did Parenting feel like hard, there was, okay. there, there was, I just feel like there was a real, it was done really well. So I, I, I think whoever, I think the team for this movie really did land the emotional beats. I think they, they worked really hard not to retread a lot of previously, you know, walked paths. Um, I think it's worth watching. I just think there's a couple little places there that maybe, maybe tighten up a little bit, but. Aaron, I are, am so proud of you. I will so get good. through a full sentence at some point. I swear <laughs> to you. Nope. Uh, um, there was one. The one thing about this is the 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 art is a turn from what we have seen. The animation, rather, is a turn from what we have seen in some of the newer ones in this new new universe of of, of DC stories. It's more CGI, um, which after a while you sort of get used to, um, and, it, and it plays out well because they really do it well. Um, it doesn't look sort of I don't know um, cheap but it looks like they put some time into it. Um, the voices are different uh, oh. than what you're, especially for Superman, incredibly deep voice for Superman. Hmm. Um, but sort of took me out of it for a little bit, but I would say all in all, uh, check this one out. This is, this was a good fun story that, you know, they do still lean on having to put Superman, Batman and Superman in the title so that people will watch it or buy it. But I, the story is, is mainly about the, the younger set. So, um, and we got some guest appearances in there as well. So, which is really kind of cool. So, there you have it. That's my lightning round. Shout out to Dan. Your animation guru, Aaron. So, if you say this is worth watching, I, I, I'm mostly pulled away from the DC animated universe since the changeover. You're just saying this one's this one's worth it, even with Damien in it. So, I, I mean, that's a thing. Like it. I, I think you'll like this one, and I still think you should go back and watch the uh, new Green Lantern one with John Stewart. Okay, uh, I thought that was really fun as well. Actually, as a, after I watched this, I watched that again because I thought it was just really fun. Um, and then I watched another John Constantine one, and well, that was the thing that happened. <laughs> oh no! So I'll just leave it there. Well, it's ups and downs, right? Like they they can't all be amazing. Yeah, I will say they were once upon a time, though, Steve. You're you're really another were. animation guy. You know how great they were. They really in the yeah. beginning they were awesome. 
I will say the one thing about the John Constantine, I think it's like the House of Mystery uh, mm-hmm. one, is that, and, and here's what's weird about it, because I don't think they ever advertised this. It's literally directly following the end of the apocalypse one. Oh. Like, literally, it's like he, he's talking about the price he had to pay for it. Because we all knew as we watched the end of that, that Flash was going to run into, you know, time and do the whole Flashpoint mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. This literally picks up there. Like, it actually has scenes from the movie Weird. <laughs> in it. But they never advertised it as such. I'm like, okay, that's how you want to live. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, again, shots of damn. Yeah. I, I'm I'm on a roll now. There were some rumors this week that there might be a Strange Academy television show. Oh, yeah, I okay. heard about you, you heard those, right? Wong in charge uh, yeah. of the Academy. Okay, get the disclaimer I, ready. Yep. I thought about like finagling an article out of that, but there's there's nothing. There's nothing yet. Yeah. Yet. No, it's people grasping at straws. You got to be real careful with that stuff. I see more shit retweeted and shared on Facebook than, oh, God, people should be ashamed. It's like all we have is straws. Let us grasp them. OK, yes. Wong, Check your Wong, sources, people. Wong, uh. is, Wong is big. And, and the one source I saw went, well, he's been good and he's been his track record is. Yeah. And your track record could mean nothing moving forward. Past performance if, does not guarantee future success. If you say per deadline and there's no hyperlink to an article, you're full of shit. Okay. <laughs> That's rule number one. There are a number of reputable sites that check shit. And sometimes, and I've done it too, sometimes people report on stuff, but you very clearly state this is a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't put any stock in it. We're only talking about it because it's fun and because we're going to we're going to play around with it for a little bit and do some speculation because it's Friday and nothing's happening. And I I literally wrote that I actually sent segments of that to the group of me writing an article that was just like, well, there's nothing going on. So I guess I'm reporting on this shit. (laughs) I got away with it, too. It was pretty good. The rumor mill. (laughs) Yep. Yep, that's right. But we love um, a Strange Academy television show, I have to say. I think that would be across the board. I would. Um, I had a question, but now this has changed in the outline. Aaron, was it uh, Strange Academy Finals number three that you read? Uh, I think it was four. I don't think four is out yet. I'm sorry, three. No, hold on. You might be right. I think it's three that you read. I think you're probably right. All right. I just want to make sure for when I'm doing the uh, the write-up for the episode. Um, man, it sounds like I need to get back into the DC animated stuff. That Green Lantern and Super Sons movie sounds pretty good. No, I haven't watched the Super Sons yet either, and I clearly need to because even Aaron liked it. I know. Oh, or watch it be of Damian Wayne that I don't like this time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I would actually love that. Would be so that would worth be it. funny. That would be funny. I'm gonna watch it. I'll let you know. <laughs> fantastic and vanish is still good huh it's still good it's uh it's it ratchets up it's it just each okay. episode your issue rather it just keeps ratcheting up it, you know it's again it started off with this you know uh okay this is going to be a little harry potterish type situation and you know but then even at the end of well partway through that issue 
<laughs> it was clear. Oh, oh, oh wow, that's that's not going to happen. Um, but then even the following issue, it began to ratchet up because it, when I say ratchet up, it, it it begins to tear down this concept of this idea of Oliver being this virtuous hero, but rather someone who's just like, oh hell no, we're not going through that again. So by any means necessary, I got to shut this shit down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he may not always take the most heroic path. Actually, he hasn't taken a single heroic path. <laughs> or it's this whole thing. He's just been shutting shit down and let the tips fall where they may. So, Is he likable? Yeah. I like him. That's a good answer. Uh, you know, I can only worry about me. I get, <laughs> you know. He hasn't done a poll, so, Steve. I mean, come on. <laughs> I like him. He's listen. You're not gonna. You wouldn't ask him to babysit. <laughs> just saying, you know. But but if you ever had an evil demon come through, you might say, "Hey, come on over." You got to do what you got to do, right? Context. I like what I hear. Va- vanish and flawed are. I feel like they're two of the things that I consistently buy when they come out but never get to when it comes around to doing the podcast. So I got to go back and catch up with those. Yeah. Flawed had like three different storylines. Flawed's really good. I love the the art in that book and the main character is phenomenal. Yeah. It starts off with her. Then it goes to the detective. Then it goes, I almost forgot about Then it goes to the uh, back to her and her little band of heroes, and it goes to the guy, the skinwalker guy, then the old guy. I'm all, I forgot about him too, but I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> all right. I'm going back to the beginning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it all. I'm going to get caught up. Do it. Do it. All right, down. I'm going to start keeping. Maybe that'll be my thing this year. I'm going to make a goal sheet after each <laughs> podcast and see how much stuff I can cross off. On top of my amazing bingo card oh, yay. that was made. Oh, man. I will talk about that in a little bit, too, yay. when I do my lightning round. Um, does anybody else have anything for Aaron before we get to Chris? Damien rules. Sorry. Yes! <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> He's nuts. You're up. All right. I have some webtoons. I know. Surprise. Um, <gasps> Shock. <laughs> I read a couple of new ones. That's uh, actually all three of mine are new ones this uh, time around. So I was kind of in the mood for some really low stakes, adorable fun. So I read no Vampire. Pun intended. I know, right? Oh, 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 I got that good, reference. That's a good one, Bob. Um, so I read Vampire Husband. It's so charming. I love this one to pieces. Vampire Husband is the story of uh, a vampire, an immortal vampire that falls in love with a woman, but it skips ahead in time to when she is now in the later part of life and he still looks 25 and it's all of their adventures <laughs> being together and it is so funny i kind of love that a lot of times these vampire stories are like you know this immortal being is so old and they're dating like this teenager and it's kind of a little bit weird and this one it's like she looks like she could be his grandmother but they are actually a couple and they're so in love and she is the firecracker in the relationship which is so funny um, it is endlessly amusing. It frequently goes off into these AUs about their fiction. They're fictional, even in the story, children that they never ended up having. Mm-hmm. That is very amusing. Um, I just love it to pieces. This is like a, a dose of dopamine if you need it. 
also a dose of dopamine is Eldritch Darling. Yes. <laughs> this is a love story, a sapphic love story about a girl and the Eldritch horror that has fallen in love with her. <laughs> it is this cute like bubblegum art and the one character is this being of ancient eldritch being that looks like a 15 year old girl uh who walks around having all these encounters like one time they go ghost hunting and she <laughs> threatens the ghost away from her girlfriend so they can have a peaceful time um <laughs> i like the the part in the park with the pigeon yeah that's the part i was about to send to the group as, a, as an example there is an eldridge pigeon in the park but uh all of her all her girlfriend sees is this cute little pigeon she's like wow that looks weird but cute all right um so just sent that to the chat so you can see it it's it's literally just cute and adorable non-stop uh i love the art style i think it's so fun she's got like a third eye that pops up in her ponytail it's great um, so also just started uh much more high stakes is the werewolf adventure story moonrise uh, so moonrise is a little bit x-men and a little bit paranormal um but it's basically about the only werewolf that the government knows about they aren't aware there are others but there are and how he's been captured as this teenager to work for the government and sent on these almost suicide squad like missions um, and as far as they know, he's an anomaly until they get raided by a group of werewolves and realize there are more. Uh, it just started this week. So there's only three issues out and I'm already so hooked and I want to know everything that's going on. And those are my webtoons. Bob, you want to jump in first? Oh yeah. I should, I will jump in quickly on Moonrise, which I didn't get to read any of, but Chris, you should definitely see a movie called Dog Soldiers. Ooh, okay. Directed by the okay. fellow who did The Descent. Okay. Neil Marshall. Now, I won't say anything more about it, but there are werewolves and soldiers, and we'll leave it I at that. Love, I love a werewolf movie, so I'm down. Now, now, I checked out Vampire Husband episodes 1 to 23, because as you Woo! say, they are really just charming. You can go right through them. Yeah. What, what there is, it is, it's funny. Yeah, and yes. it's very much a daily comic strip kind of thing. I don't want to say it's Blondie with vampires, but kind of right, husband and wife not that, yeah. <laughs> doing doing what they're doing. And it is utterly charming, but it's also a little bittersweet if you want to really read into, oh, yeah, she's now 80. Yeah. And there is an episode where they talk about the bite. Yeah. Did, did, they, did he ask? Did she, she, she passed a couple of times? Yeah. But there's one, and the episode is episode nine, The Piano. And Charles, he's our vampire. Cheryl says I make her feel young. Cheryl makes me feel alive. Ugh, That's heartbreaking, right? It is. It is. And, and brilliant at the same time. And as you say, she is, uh, think of Bridget from Once in Future. That's who she yeah. is. She's this feisty old lady who wants to crowd surf at concerts in their alternate universe with the kids. Yeah. Loved, love, love this. I am so thrilled you brought this to the table. Yes. <laughs> what did you think, Steve? I love it. I love it. I had I had something and then I let go of it and now I have it again. The <laughs> their first meeting when she asks him to help her uh Feel trash her boss's <laughs> car. <laughs> yes. I love that that's the first thing that comes out of her mouth. That is like it way to immediately warm me to a character <laughs> yeah. than for them to have something really off the wall. 
as a first impression. That's a, it's a good way to go. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm only about five um, episodes in, but if you want to pad your like end of the year webtoon numbers and have a good time while doing it. This is an amazing yeah. way to do it because yeah. you can They're read these. Size. Oh my God. You can read these so quickly. And the same thing um, goes for uh, what is it? Eldridge. Eldridge darling. Eldridge. Dar- I keep saying Eldridge girlfriend. Um, Eldridge darling is amazing. This is going to sound weird, but let me know if this makes sense. You know, when you see like tweets of like maybe artists or comic book people and you just see their sketchbooks and they're just kind of sitting there doodling characters, but they call them doodles, but they're actually like these really gorgeous, exquisite art pieces that you're like, those are your doodles. Fuck you. Like I can't even draw a stick figure. What the hell? This, the layout of the panels in this and the way that the characters are presented, at least in the first couple of episodes, yeah. reminds me of a webtoon that was taken out of one of those types of sketchbooks. It's the way yeah. that everything is positioned. It has a kind of like haphazard um, layout to it. Yes. But I think that that really works in its favor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm absolutely loving it. I love the color scheme. I absolutely oh love yes. the like gray, pink and white um, tonality of it and colorization of it. It just... I, this is something that I'm later tonight going to read until there's no more of it. And the same thing goes for uh, the vampire one. Uh, oh, these were both major, major hits for me. I really, really, really enjoyed these a lot. I had a feeling that you two would specifically. Yeah, I, I love them to pieces. I forgot to mention during the vampire husband thing, but there's a vampire hunter in the story who He's kills the me. worst. He's the worst hunter of all time. He likes <laughs> snickerdoodles, though. Yeah, he just likes the couple too much to actually stake the vampire. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is my it. humor to a yes. T. Like this 100%. is the kind of humor that I absolutely adore. You know, it's mm-hmm. fun. It doesn't hurt anybody. No, and you just I'm just chuckling to myself every episode. I can't wait to get back to it. I'm really excited, especially yes. if you're a fan of pudding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I yeah I loved your chat uh, message earlier. That cracked me up. <laughs> I love it. And I'll have to add Moonrise to my, man, my, my webtoon subscription thing. It's getting up there. I sat down with my bingo card the other day and subscribed to a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, anybody else have anything for Chris before we get into my business? Business. Business time. All right. Let me get some lightning up in here. So speaking of bingo cards, if you go and listen to, I believe, the latest episode of the Thirsty on Tune podcast, Bronwyn and Chris came up with uh, bingo cards for myself and for John of uh, stuff we should read, stuff we should watch, stuff we should listen to, so on and so forth. Uh, and in my going on to Webtoon to with the express purpose of <laughs> reading one of the selections, I'm like, this is it. I'm starting off. It's early in the year. We're going to fill this whole bingo card by the end. I'm going to do this. And of course, I open up the app and immediately they shove something into my face. And I was like, ooh, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) And so on the app, they get you. Oh, God. Instead of going to I eventually did make my way to Crushed. But I went to go and this 
I, I, not a brand new book, but it was in the slider. It was, it was floating around and I was like, oh, that looks cute. I'll go. I don't know what it was, but it called out to me. I think it was the the title. It's called Night Owls and Summer Skies. And I was like, that's cool. That's cute. I think I've heard of that before. It's actually a novel by, um, I believe, Erica Weiland. She also does the adaptation for uh, the the webtoon with art by uh, Ticklil. It's T-I-K-K-L-I-L and storyboards by Christy Lee. So let me tell you a little bit about Night Owls and Summer Skies. I read, I think, uh, episodes numbers one through 25 uh, all in one sitting. I could not put it down. I absolutely love it. So despite her tough exterior, 17-year-old Emma Lane has never been the outdoorsy type. So when her mother unceremoniously dumps her at Camp Mapplewood for the summer, she's determined to get kicked out fast. However, when she draws uh, the attention of Vivian Black, a mysterious and gorgeous assistant counselor, she discovers that there may be more to this camp than the mean girls and mosquitoes. There might even be love. (laughs) Yo, I am all caps invested in Night Owls and Summer Skies. The story is gay panic mixed with summer romance and a little bit of found family. Can you ask for more? Subscribe. Oh, it's amazing. I've never been to summer camp, but I did go to Frost Valley for a week in the sixth grade. <laughs> and I've seen plenty of movies about camping uh, alongside a misfit group of jerks and unlikely best friends. Night Owls and Summer Skies gives me all of the vibes from those movies. Um, and it's built around a fun and engaging core uh, cast of characters. I love like at least seven of the characters in this book that I've met so far. There's a couple of like background characters or counselors that show up every now and again. But all of the main players are really cool. And I'm at the point in the story where they're kind of moving around a little bit and we're getting into the love lives of some of the other people that are uh, watching everybody at this camp. And it's getting really, really good. They're like, they're trying to make things happen for like the goofy counselor that everybody likes, but he doesn't have the confidence to go out there and get it done. Uh, And he feels weird about the person that he likes because he's a counselor and they're so-and-so and and they've only been here for so long, but everybody's like super supportive. And they're like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to hook you up. The whole thing. I am all in on them getting together. I want to see it. Uh, Emma is a misguided riot. She's our main character. Uh, Vivian is putting out the vibes. That's the the mysterious counselor that Emma is crushing on uh, when she gets to this camp. She's putting out the vibes like crazy. Uh, even though she's an older counselor at the camp, their love is forbidden. But will they find a way? Question mark. Uh, I sure hope so. Otherwise, what am I reading this chunk of bait for? (laughs) Uh, I love it. I want all the episodes right now, please. And thank you. That is called Night Owls and Summer Skies. You can read it for free on Webtoons. Go and check it out. Crushed. Crushed with a a three instead of an E. Uh, Crushed exclamation point numbers one through 22. This is from Ya Comics or YAA Comics. Ah, here we go. After a brutal assault, Carter's life falls apart. 
but what kind of a hockey player would he be if he couldn't deal with a bit of violence? For the promising athlete, it goes back to the ice rink and a new team and back in the closet together with other stirring secrets. So despite Crushed being about hockey, I am 20-something issues in and no one has played hockey yet. Wow. It's nominally about hockey. (laughs) However, I am enjoying the getting to know you phase of the story by spending time with the characters and figuring out the pecking order of the group. Uh, The story hasn't gone beyond the kids attending some classes and sharing meals together at school, but the episodes are also mostly super short. And there's 145 of them so far in the series. So I still have a ways to go. There's plenty of time for hockey and shenanigans. I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, I like the art. I like the art a lot. It's got this anime inspiration to it, like a lot of the Webtoon stuff does. But it feels like manga cover art as opposed to something you'd see in an episode of an animated series. And I love the color work. I yeah. absolutely love the color work. Um, that's what drew me to this series in the first place. When I was kind of looking around at the bingo card and seeing what I should read. Uh, I remember Bronwyn getting the physical version of Crush and looking at the cover uh, and being like, wow, this looks amazing. The colors pop right off the page uh, and do drastic thing, things for each character's wardrobe. I love Carter's orange, uh, orange jacket and his blue yes. hoodie. Uh, it's a bright and cheerful looking book overall. It's a nice comfort read after spending time in Gotham or getting punched in the face by an angry X-Man. <laughs> I, uh, I highly, highly like recommend it. It's crushed with a three instead of an E next to the D. <laughs> if I had one complaint, though, and I will, die on this, <laughs> I will die on this hill. No, you can find it okay. My problem is the episode titling. Mm-hmm. Oh, my god so it's broken up into chapters but instead of the instead of the titles of uh like when you press down on the screen and the title comes up on the top all it tells you is the part of the arc that you're reading oh number Uh, seven it doesn't tell you the episode number that you're on yeah that's true it is a nightmare for knowing how far along you are in this series. You have to back out all the way to the main list of all of the episodes to find out where you are. I hate it. (laughs) That a lot of webtoons do that too. And it is confusing. No doubt. I haven't really come across that too much yet. You've read a lot more webtoons than I have. I don't like it. I like everything else about this except for that. And I looked too. like, I went before we recorded, I was like, let me go and see if they have ever like levels out or whatever. No, there is like an 18 parter. And some of them are like, I don't know, high sticking part 12 B. Yeah. And I'm just like, get out of here. Yeah. It's true. Get out of here. Stop it. Just stop it. It's named that way because they're supposed to be chapters, but that doesn't really work on webtoons as an app. I don't know. I don't know. What I I think it would work better in the physical version that we have. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. take a look. I don't know. It's buried under some clothes, <laughs> but um, I'll find it and I'll check it out. But I mean, beyond that, it's it's really fun. Again, it's a nice 
short read per episode. So you'll you'll get, you know, the flavor of it and you'll you'll know if you want to read it and if you'll like it very, very early on. So both a lot of the webtoons that we're talking about tonight, uh, it's it's a it's a low point of entry. You don't have to worry about uh, staying on for too long before you figure out whether you're having a good time or not. I think all of these immediately establish themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm having I'm having a really, really good time. I'm telling you, this is it might be the year of the rabbit. It's the year of the webtoon for Yay. Steve. So I'm I'm having a good time really leading into this whole thing. Yes. Uh meanwhile, my DC infinite books are just piling up. <laughs> um all right, last but not least for me, speaking of DC, I want to talk about Batman the Knight, uh one through ten for a couple of minutes. This is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Carmine Di Giamenico. Uh, I think I did that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gia Domenico, that's it. Okay. Batman the Night is, get this. You ready? Ready. It's a Batman origin story. Oh, oh the pearls, the alley. No. We've never done this before. <laughs> Ever. It's never been this gay before, though. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So the plot focuses on the years leading up to Bruce's creation of the Batman with him traveling the world to train under different masters in various arts. The education tour finds Bruce crossing a serial killer in France, experiencing a Mrs. Robinson with a legendary (laughs) thief training under a world-renowned but morally corrupt martial artist who's in the pocket of a mysterious benefactor and more also and this is a minor spoiler for the story overall ghost maker is along for the ride i will we will not discuss how long it took me to put that together and how long i waffled on it but eventually i figured it out he kept calling himself anton and i was like that's not his name what the hell is happening here (laughs) the story explores bruce and Bunny quotes Anton's complicated bunny, bunny quotes friendship <laughs> and shows where two heroes diverge in their quest to bring justice or vengeance to criminals worldwide. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. The story's events kick Bruce's ass nine ways to Sunday. So you get to see him fail a lot. And I think that that's important. That said, you also get to see him learn from his mistakes, and that shapes the kind of hero he wants to be for Gotham City. I really liked especially the last couple of issues. I won't spoil anything, but you get to see Bruce eventually use everything that he's learned to kind of put the finale together. And I really, really liked, I read this all like one through ten all in a row, so the flow of it was very even and very good for me, but watching him put all the pieces together of all the people that he visited and all the things he learned from them to kind of wrap everything up at the end before he goes back to Gotham with his new identity. Um, it was just very well orchestrated and well plotted. Uh, it's Chip Zdarsky. So you know that he's doing his homework and doing a good job. Uh, characters in the story also point out Bruce's privilege as a white billionaire and how he can use his influence to better the lives of others. Bruce has a bizarre interpretation of what that all means, but I like that the subject is broached in general. 
Uh, I also got a kick out of how he's constantly approaching new situations under an alias, but the people in charge of his education are like, bitch, we know who you are. You have one <laughs> of the most, give us a break. Yeah. <laughs> like you've one of the most recognizable faces on the planet. You're not <laughs> fooling anyone. Um, it's a clever take on Bruce's journey toward becoming Batman. His time spent in each location is condensed in the interest of page and issue count, but there are at least three stops on his tour that get like two issues, maybe one and a half to breathe and really let you kind of take in the atmosphere and learn the lessons along with him. Uh, I think it's very, very well paced. Uh, Lastly, again, if you're a Ghostmaker fan, you will want to read this. It's the most in-depth story that I've read featuring the character, and I'm pretty sure I've read most of the stuff that he's appeared in. Uh, it fills in many gaps left by the stuff touched on in Tynan's brief Batman run. Uh, I was sure a Ghostmaker solo series was announced a few weeks ago, but after consulting with my fine friends here, we've established that I'm wrong, and that's okay. But if you're manifesting that, I'm on board. So <laughs> I I want to see it. Put it out there in the universe, you never know. Batman Incorporated is Ghostmaker book. It is, and it's really it, it, good. And, yeah, it's like really it good. Too. And right, it picks I, up a lot of the threads from this book. Yeah. Okay, I've only read the first issue of that. I've been waiting for it to go to uh, Infinite. I know there's at least like <laughs> three, say, if not three four. Three on Infinite, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like we get to explore why Bruce doesn't use magic in this, uh, even though it's like right at his fingertips and the opportunity is there, but then he kind of learns a lesson about how dangerous magic is and the people that he's involved in this uh, tutelage with are like, yo, you don't want to go down this path. Look at what it did to me and look at what it did to this person. Uh, Yeah, this shit is real and you don't want it. This is not the life for you. And you are, you are a dark, dark person. And, (laughs) you know, you might go, you know, to the dark side and start using the the dark magics and stuff like that. And so uh, it was kind of cool to see where, where some of Bruce's aversion to magic is also his aversion to guns. I mean, for obvious reasons, his parents were shocked, but like they, they add to that in this, when he goes to like, when he goes through marksman training Mm. and, you know, one of the things that Batman, well, that Bruce says in this is like, the reason that I never planned to use a gun is because I'm too good with them. And it, it, I was like, oof, that's uh, it's dark even for you, my friend. Very dark. So, um, it's I look, I I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad to have gone back and read it, and I have run out of things to say. How, uh, what degree? <laughs> what degree of shipping uh, do you feel at the end of having read the night? <laughs> With uh, Anton and uh, Anton Bruce. Anton and Bruce, yes. Well, I'll tell you the moment that it all came together for me because he <laughs> they didn't they didn't realize they didn't really reveal, uh, like they said Anton's real name, mm. um, because I knew it was something else, and I was like, yes. wait a minute, um, and the whole book I'm reading it, and I'm like, this has to be him. It has to be. And then they're showing him with the the like half cowl pulled over the bandana pulled over his fat. I'm like, it's friggin ghost maker. Just say it already. Um, And I know that anybody else reading this thing probably figured it out right away and were confident in their decision. Me with my broken brain just being like, well, you know, maybe there was someone else slipping into uh, 
<laughs> I'm just telling you, like they they immediately hooked up, really and he did. was following him around. And there was like one, there was one scene where I think they were like sleeping together next yes. to a fire. Yes, it's and then so like to to pull off the uh, the the espionage mission, uh, Anton pulls his target into a quiet room. And starts necking with them, you yeah. know, behind a desk. Yeah. And I like that was the moment where it solidified it for me. I was like, it is him. Yeah. It is Ghostmaker. <laughs> You're using a fake name. Damn you. Oh, I love it. And I I felt like half an idiot when they finally revealed it. <laughs> but you didn't give me a level. Are are you a shipper now? Are you on board? Oh, I've been a shipper of it from, from day one. Like the moment that you find out that Bruce yeah. Wayne had this this secret friendship <laughs> yeah with with a guy who is up for pretty much anything we've yeah. seen it yeah and you know i'm you know a little snuggle by the fire I mean, uh, come on. <laughs> protecting one another you gotta you gotta wear extra layers when we go out into the snow it's That's cold so out good. there yeah she so need a sweater yeah, you know the uh, around <laughs> and like and like the level of betrayal as well because oh, when he sees when he sees him going down the dark path, your only option is to is to break up with that person. Yeah, and then he rebounds to Superman. I mean, that's a pretty big pendulum swift. Yep. <laughs> um, I really, I I really like the Ghost Maker character. Like, I liked the debut of that character, but it was the, I think the backups. With all the really zany villains mm-hmm. that they threw at him uh, for that little arc, with like the alligator enemy, yeah. the doll, the little girl doll thing. Oh, his, his rogues gallery, yeah. right? The like, woman, yeah, the Midas woman or whatever yeah. she was. Like, I like when comic books, especially superhero comics, like I love me some Gotham, I love me some Clayface mm-hmm. and Croc and whatever, but give me the superhero comic book that decides to get weird with it. Yes. You know, like even if it's just a one-off, even if it's just a, like a breather bottle issue or whatever, where you fight this zany crocodile man and it's just fun and funny and weird and out of left field. I want more of that. And if they do a ghost maker series, I really hope that they don't just make it another Batman and they decide to go back to that wackier stuff or do, do the serious art and, and half serious tone, but just have the villains be really wacky and give him his own rogues gallery. That's right there. I feel like he would be the perfect character for one of these DC webtoons because they could just get as weird as possible with it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I would read that in a heartbeat. I also desperately want the poster that they did for the Pride anthology of Ghostmaker, like swinging around town with this muscly himbo. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Good stuff. All right. Um, I think that's it. That's all the comics Ooh. that we've got for this week. Let's uh, quickly move on to the news and then we'll do the wrap up stuff and get out of here. Um, I put this story in here super quick. I can't remember who posted this, but this is coming from Multiversity Comics uh, via comicbook.com. Dark Horse Comics have announced the Great British Bump Off. Yes! I can't wait. A 
four-part murder mystery by Giant Days writer John Allison and artist Max Sarin, plus colorist Sammy Boras and uh, letterer Jim Campbell. Oh my God, take my money. I love every word of that announcement, literally. Uh, As implied by the title, which riffs on the hit TV series The Great British Bake Off, the comic imagines an Agatha Christie-style plot in the world of competitive baking. Come on. (laughs) It sounds so good. Oh, God. When does this... This comes out in April. Put your orders in now. Yep. Uh, There's a a two-page preview on comicbook.com if you want to check it out. Uh, I mean, come on. This this is... You want to talk about dream teams. John Allison and Max Sarin together is just a match made in heaven i cannot wait to read that this is automatically at the top of my list of things to read 100 percent. the great british bump off so good you think charlotte's so gonna good. show up to help investigate or is this not in the scary go round universe do you think uh it doesn't mention anything about the scary go round universe in this write-up but I... and they could have they could have just messed it you never know but maybe not. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're choosing just to do a couple of like, you know, limited series uh, instead of committing to another uh, giant beast like Giant Days. Uh-huh. I thought and Steeple was going to be there, too. And then all of a sudden people start showing up. You never can tell with, with Mr. Allison. You know, we got that question the other week about like, what stuff do we just not talk about during awards because it's understood? And I think Giant Days was another one of those. Yeah, yeah. it's so perfect. Oh, I love it so much. All right. Um, let's move on to actually let's do the Glad Awards first. Woo! Because the, the DC one's a little bigger than everything else. Um, so scrolling, 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 uh, the Glad uh organization uh announced their nominees for the 34th annual Glad uh-huh. Media Awards. Mm-hmm. There's tons and tons of great content. Uh, on this list, you should go and check it out. It's at glad.org. That's glad with two A's. Uh, but they have a comic book section called Outstanding Comic Book Selections. Uh, so I'll quickly do you, Chris, do you actually do you have this in front of you? Do you want to do this? Uh, I don't have it in front of me yet, but I can get it off the top of my head. I it's have got... it open. Oh, perfect. Uh, you got it? You want to do it? Oh. Uh, you want to read all the outstanding comic books? Because um, they have comic books and they have original graphic novel. Um, read both, but maybe just read the titles. I don't think we need to get into yeah. the, the laundry list of creators here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the outstanding comic book is I Hate This Place, Immortal X-Men, New Mutants, uh, where is this? Dorsema? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. New nice Mutants. House on the Lake. Nice House on the Lake. I'm sorry. Uh, Poison Ivy, Sins of the Black Flamingo, Star Wars, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Tim Drake, Robin, and Wind. And I'm Sins sorry, of the Black one. Flamingo. Sense of Black Flamingo. He said that. I said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. I also did. Uh, Weird. Glad. Do me a favor. The next time you release one of these lists, maybe put some spaces. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, either that's that or was... maybe, maybe bold the titles. Yeah, that's some why I was suddenly reading out of fifth yeah. grade level. I, <laughs> I know. Like, it's weirdly <laughs> set up. Yeah. And then we have Outstanding uh, Original Graphic Novel Anthology. Uh, Chef's Kiss. Coven, DC Pride 2022, Donuts and Doom, Fine, a comic about gender, Galaxy, The Prettiest Star, Woo! Heartstopper, <laughs> Volume 4, yeah. Magical Boy, 
Marvel Voices Pride number one and Young Men in Love. He's nice. like, this is a good list. I'm just so, I gotta say, I'm just so proud of my girl, Jadzia Axelrod. She is like a th- shooting star in DC right now, and I'm so excited to see what she does next. I still need to read that. You need to read it so fast. I know, Ooh, I know. It's on my list. Obsessed. Oh my God. And she's just the best, and you're gonna love her. So you need to get on that. Hassan Atman Elhu. What is Chef's Kiss? Have you read this? Chef's Kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Chef's Kiss is amazing. I know him too. He's an amazing person as well. Uh, Jarrett Melendez is actually coming on Go soon. So <gasps> look at you. <laughs> yep. He's awesome. We love him. Chef's Kiss is very cute. Heartstopper is on here. What's Donuts and Doom? I haven't read that one. I gotta, I wanna find out what this is. The I regular, like Donuts. The, I like Doom. Yeah, yeah. The regular comics list has a lot of things that have been talked about on this podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. We got John, we thing. got Tim. Oh, no. That's all Ivy. Ivy. Uh, oh, I need to read we Donuts and Dooms. <laughs> They're. They're doing the thing with the the blue the blue black ink on the pink background. I love that oh. color combination. Uh, oh, Steve Kryptonite, damn it! <laughs> I will say, if you all haven't read Wind yet, which is uh, oh, I love that. Okay, it's so good. It is absolutely really good. I read uh, the first the first two art, whatever that first story was before they decided yeah. to continue it. Yeah, um, Tynan did that. Yeah, yeah Tynan. It's so yeah, good. it's fantastic. And I'm really uh, speaking of like things I'm excited of. A lot of really cool authors that we like are in that Pride anthology for DC this year, and I'm really excited to see it on here because they, they the last year's was good. It was it was okay. This one was amazing, so I was glad to see it here. Jazia Axelrod's also in that anthology, so oh. she crushed it this year. Good stuff. All right. Uh, last but not least, this is coming from Newsarama. Uh, we all good? Okay, we are. Good. I thought I heard somebody drop out for a second. Uh, Dawn of DC kicks off with new titles for Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Shazam, Superboy, and more. So this uh, reads, DC is peeking over the horizon with a new publishing initiative kicking off in January. Uh, and in November, the publisher revealed uh, now Dawn of DC, what, what will actually look like. Wow. Sorry, I lost the thread of that. <laughs> um, well, they really don't make this easy to find out what titles are coming, do they? Well, they uh, have uh, two Green Lantern books, uh, one by uh, Marcio Tanaki. I think. Mariko Tanaki? Mariko Tanaki. And then Green Arrow is going to be by Josh Williamson. Mm-hmm. And then Doom Patrol's got uh, Chris Burnham on art. Ooh. Yeah, Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Yeah. Love that. From Dennis Culver and artist Chris Burnham. Yeah. And then they have the clone Superboy book of him going into outer space. Yes. Or something like that. Superboy, the man of tomorrow. Yeah. The tweets about this have been so good. I love the so upset that Tim is with somebody else. He went to space. <laughs> uh, there are a pair of new Green Lantern titles, each focusing on different members of the Green Lantern Corps. First in April. There's Green Lantern Hal Jordan from Mariko Tamaki, an artist yet to be named. Then later in the year, how do you not know who the artist is on this book? And it comes out in April. Yeah. Uh, right. Then later this year, writer Philip Kennedy Johnson will launch Green Lantern John Stewart, also with an artist to be announced. I can understand that. <laughs> That's later this year, but April, come on. Nobody, uh, nobody knows he's doing art. 
Speaking no of Green, Green Arrow also gets a new title from Joshua Williamson. And Sean, oh boy, here we go. Izaiki. Izaiki. Isaacs. Let's go with Isaacs. Isaacs, where? Yeah. Uh, he did uh, Fantastic Four a while back. Yeah. Oliver Queen, still missing after the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, tries Spoiler to reunite alert. with his family. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I meant the article. I'm like, wow. Gotta <laughs> um, be caught up. <laughs> I mean, that's most of it. There's Superboy, yeah. the, the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, here we go. How could we forget Batman? Uh, what would a DC line be without Batman? In May, DC relaunches the classic title Batman, the Brave and the Bold, uh, which teams Batman up with a different hero and different creators, such as Tom King, Mitch Gerads, Gabriel Hardman, Dan Mora, and Rob Williams in each issue. That sounds really good. I'm actually very excited for that. I used to love Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I know. Um, I want to ask Bob a question in a second, but last, sure. uh, oh, I'm, lastly, I'm, I'm stewing. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> well, I know I'll ask you now. What um, what is that Brave and the Bold issue where Batgirl and Supergirl go to the movies and fight a vampire? Oh my god! Yeah, it's the the, the Dracula Lugosi's on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, isn't that a is, is that a Brave and the Bold? I'm pretty sure or you it think is. There's a Brave and the Bold one that's the issue sort of before Killing Joke, where it's a girl's night out with Batgirl. That was a Brave and the Bold. Mm, I don't know. That was the relaunch, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wait, was it a part of the Stephanie Brown I think it's part of the Stephanie Stephanie Batgirl, yeah. All right, yeah, maybe I'm getting my... But that is one one of my favorite issues of of that that run, too. To go back and find that on DC Infinite and read that again. Add it to the list. Uh, In May, there's a new Cyborg book coming out, new ongoing title. Uh, spinning out of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths with creative teams yet to be announced. Uh, meanwhile, starting in June, Batman, Superman, World's Finest creative team Mark Wade and Dan Mora will launch Shazam, an action comedy title starring uh, starting Billy Batson. Starting Tony the Tiger. I know. Oh, no, Tony Tiger. Yes, Tony Tiger. So excited for this. I'm not gonna lie. I'm hanging out on the rock of eternity with his tiger pal, Talky Tawny. (laughs) I am so excited. I am so. (laughs) Thank you. You and me, John, will be like front row for the comic. That's a thing, right? Yeah. I I keep finding more comics in this article. It is now. We'll somehow be front row for a comic. (laughs) Hey, hey Steve, though, can can you find one with a female lead? Um, because I'm yet. pretty pretty gosh darn steamed about all these announcements. If, if we start well, to look at the whole piece of it, it's writer Tom leash, King man. and uh, writer Tom King and artist Stefano uh, Guadiano will launch the Penguin. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, this. there we go. New Solve Batman it. spinoff that brings Penguin out of retirement and into the service of the U.S. government. People were clamoring. <laughs> and finally, the eighth title announced is Steelworks, a title pairing John Henry Irons, the original Steel, with his, oh, here you go, with his niece and successor in yeah, the mantle, Natasha something. Irons, there celebrating 30 years since the introduction of Steel. A woman. <laughs> a woman. There we go. A woman. Like, it all evens like out Billy, in the end. It's a Billy on the street. That, for $20, can you name a woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, talk to me. Talk to me afterward, Bob. I'll make you feel a little better. Okay. I hope so. Oh, right, right. You and your. I know things. Yeah. 
I know things. You I mean, at least in the in the April solicits, there are still Batgirls and a few of the other things. Yeah. But I, I, I look at this, and yeah, it's the Dawn of DC. It's Dawn of the Dead, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think a lot of it sounds really good. But it, yeah, if I look into my all magic same. ball. I would say I think probably those are not the only announcements we're getting this year. That's what I'll say. Yeah, but, uh, I, shook, I shook a magic ball and it said yes. Okay. But in, 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 a, are- in a relaunch, could we be more representative? We have some... Yeah. Oh, could we try? Yeah. yeah. Could we try less? Hard? <laughs> not, at, not at DC. No. They were like, look, we've been real gay for the last couple of years. We need to be real hetero and male for like one season <laughs> as, as we've been for the last i don't know 80 years but okay yeah, we yes got, we, we got a course correct course correct gays yeah. are too happy <laughs> man dc and m&m's just disappointing people left and right today <laughs> oh yes that, don't let don't get me started talking uh, i had to please. get it in there somewhere yeah, oh, it's oh, been God. pissing me off all day so excited we got back to the m&m's <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like Maya Rudolph. But uh, I kind yeah, of like the M&M's cast fan. better. All, all but because like of what shoes they were wearing. Okay, Tucker, thanks. Yeah. Oh, my God. He just wants the green M&M to step on him. Uh, yeah, with, with heels. With heels. Yes. Yep. All right. Let's, oh, let's talk about the books we're looking forward to <laughs> this week. Aaron, what books are you thinking about reading? Who the hell knows at this point? What's in the pool? What's in the pool? Saga? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it, but I won't read it till they all come out and it goes on break again and I'll just binge it all next <laughs> time. But JSA number two. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at Sins of Sinister number one only because I just read yes, Immortal yeah. X-Men uh, and that ended in a way that sort of freaked me out. So, you know, check that out. Then there's a new number one from Image, I think, Infernal Girl Red and then Magic Order, Magic Order 4 number one comes out this week. So the fourth volume. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's Ooh. cool. Oh, wait, no. There's another one I'm reading that Carolyn uh, recommended. She sent a message to me and Joey, and it is called... Let me make sure I say it right. It is Queenie Godmother of Harlem. Um, All right. It is something she, she saw on uh, uh, NPR. She sent it to us, and it's basically a very graphic tale. It's a graphic novel. Um, of Well, it's in the name. Queenie, Godmother yeah. of Harlem. Says it all. Do you know who the creative team is? I could pull it up. Give me 10 seconds. Sure. Uh, John, what are you getting? Uh, some of these are ultra, but I'm going to read Action Comics 1051, uh, Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman, uh, Catwoman number 51, I think, uh, mm-hmm. Detective 1068, Justice Society 2, Infernal Girl Red, which is part of the Supermassive Universe. Uh, All Out Avengers 5, Amazing Spider-Man 18, Sins of Sinister 1, and then Exterminators number 5. Okay. Yo, this uh, Queenie Godmother of Harlem art is gorgeous. I'm looking at it on Google. It's, it's, this looks awesome. Reason, oh, there it is. Um, right. Here, I can probably... Elizabeth, Elizabeth uh, Columba, Columba and, yep. and um, Orelai Lev, Yes, I believe. I, I might read this. This this looks gorgeous. Oh yeah, I read the, Love the, cover. the little description of it from the the podcast uh, article, the podcast and the article associated with it, and I was like, well, hell, now I got it. So I, I bought it like on site, and it actually is a 
pretty much on sale on, on the Kindle price is nine ninety nine, whereas it's what twenty bucks. Oh, oh all right, easy. Um, I'll pick this up too. This looks great. So there you have it. So Sold. Uh, Bob, what are you getting? Everyone's mentioned all the things I'm getting so far. JSA and the two Catwoman books and Saga. I held one that came out last week for this week because I have nothing. There are no Marvels this week for me. But So this is a book from Zombie Love Studios. And it's by Rodney Barnes and Jason Sean Alexander from Philadelphia. And it is called Blackula Return of the King picking up from the two movies from the 70s with William Marshall. Look at the art for this one, Steve. Uh, give me the full title again. Blackula. Blackula, Return of the King. It is absolutely stunning. It is, at, at the same time, photorealistic oh. and completely impressionistic at the same time. Can't wait to dive uh, into this one. You guys got to check out that Lee Bermijo book that I was talking about, uh, Vicious Circle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. This looks cool, too. Damn it. They're all costing me money. We were just about to get out of here. Um, all right, I got to stop looking at this. Um, Chris, what are you thinking about reading this week? I I have stopped lying to myself that I will predict what I read in a given week. Uh, so we'll we'll find out next time I'm back. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, oh, it's the one of the artists from Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Yes, oh. I think I mentioned that. Yeah. Yes. Sick. All right. Cool. Sick, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why up. I did that. Because yeah. Grunge Steve entered the chat. Earlier. Good That's lord. Wrote on uh, skateboard. Yep. So in a month's time, I will read the following DC books. <laughs> <laughs> Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman number one. Blue Beetle Graduation Day number three. Yes. Catwoman 51, Detective Comics 1068, Harley Quinn 26, Human Target number 11, Justice Society of America number two, Lazarus Planet, We Once Were Gods number one. And Punchline, the Gotham game, number four. Imagine if I was still buying DC books every week, <laughs> how much money that would be. Good Lord. DC Infinite all the way. Um, books I'm actually picking up. Uh, Sins of Sinister, number one, 100%. Uh, Exterminators, number five. Do we know if that's the last issue? It is. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Behold Behemoth, number three. The Magic Order 4, number one. Monstrous is coming back. Ooh. I'm going to go back and read it from the beginning uh, and catch up. Monstrous number 42. Plush number three. Still reading that. Plush number two was Banana Pants. I'm going to keep reading that. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number three. And finally, Saga number 61. Ooh. Very much looking forward. I'm looking forward to the whole book, but I'm especially looking forward to whatever the first page is in Saga 61, because Fiona Staples always hits you with that goodness when they come back from a hiatus. So let's uh, go team dragon vagina. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on here. Bob, you uh, you want to share something before we get out of yeah, here? Yeah, actually I do. It's just, I want to throw a quick best wishes and our thoughts across our whole community to one of the, our friends of the podcast, Kelly Sue DeConnick, whose dad is having some 
real kind of health issues right now. And mm. so we just want to say we're thinking of you. Indeed, we are. Awesome selfies on, on Instagram. Oh, I saw the one of Tulu. Uh, Tulu Louise yeah. is incredible. She said she'd asked her family to, you know, what they had asked what they could do, and she just said send them send her selfies, and they sent some really cute selfies of, of themselves. She posted them. It was really cute. Mm. Yes, big healing vibes to yeah. everyone over over there. Hope he gets better soon. Does anybody else have any closing statements before we get out of here? I have another one actually. All right. <laughs> our, our our thoughts will also go out to our first ever live in studio guest, Peter David, also having some health issues as mm. we speak. I just caught up with these a couple of weeks out of apparently having a another stroke. Mm. Peter is getting better, but um, thoughts can't hurt any. Positive vibes, mm-hmm. positive vibes always. Yep, and in this podcast with positive vibes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I have an announcement. Ooh. I would like everyone to note that it is 9.54 p.m. <gasps> we are ending this podcast before Whoa. 10 o'clock at night. Congratulations, wow. everyone. Pat yourself on the back. I really just Eight? wanted Joey to hear this part. <laughs> you finish before 10 o'clock here every time. You're golden in central time. Yeah. <laughs> stop being stop being adorable, John. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. He can't help it. <laughs> I can't. I'm just too good at it. <laughs> All right. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. That is podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter. I don't know why. Every now and again, I'll post an episode, but that's about it. Um, at Talking Comics, we are also on Hive. Are we still on Hive? Yeah, we are. Is Hive, is Hive still on Hive, though? Is the Hive question. is back. Okay. Hive came back, and I'm back on it. No Excellent. one else is yet, but I'm hoping people will join me again. <laughs> it's just it's Chris. very will... quiet over there. I'm here. <laughs> I am screaming into the void, but I keep doing it. <laughs> I have not opened Hive in weeks, but I will make a point of going in there and uh, seeing what's go. up. We also have Aaron over on the Instagram, which is Talking Comics Podcast. Go and follow us there. Uh, there are stories being had. There are things from the chat being posted. Ooh. Inside jokes. Lots of fun stuff. Can, can one lurk on Instagram or does one have to actually join Instagram? No, I think you can lurk on Instagram. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I think you can only lurk so far. Though, uh, one of those, like if eh? you if you try to scroll beyond a certain point, somebody they'll they'll be like, you should log in to do that. Oh, you mean it's like the New what? York Times? Unless you subscribe, you can only look at like the first paragraph. Okay, right. gotcha. That's right. The thing is, you can create an account and then just sort of, but you don't necessarily have to like post anything. You could just follow a shit ton of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never just, answer. Not, like, but then they'll yeah. follow me, and I don't want that. Nah, you can lock really. it. You can, you can, yeah, you can, you can lock it. Kick them off. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You can block. Yeah, you can block them. Yeah, you, you can yeah, you can fix it so you, nobody can follow you. Yeah, mm. you could be a ghost. Of Bob, people. I'll tell you what though. If Bob joins social media, not only would that be the beginning of the end, <laughs> but he would have more followers than any of us combined. Oh, stop! You should do a you should you do a scavenger hunt. You should just tell One. people that you are on Instagram and be <laughs> yeah. like, "Good luck." <laughs> what what am I me. under? Yes. You 100% would have more followers than all of us combined. I have no doubt. I would create an account I would... for Bob and call it Cranky Old Uncle Bob. And I'm just <laughs> the, the, uh, the, uh, 
All right, listen, I'm, I'm keeping my word. We're getting out of here. Get out of here. Shut up. We got another minute. <laughs> Go, Steve. Go. No. All right. Uh, thank you all so much. For, oh, wait. No, wait. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned <laughs> email. No social media. Just me email. Yes. Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. All right. Uh, John. Email the show and they'll forward it to me. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Two minutes. Aaron. I just said AJ was 70. Chris. Um, Linktree.com slash the myth of psyche. All right. Uh, Bronwyn is at shiny baby V. I am at dead underscore anchorist. Thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be, it is 9.58 p.m. <laughs> you made it. Continued. Okay.